Welcome to the 50th episode of the Catching Up Podcast. I'm your host every week. My name is Connor Kaysen. I run a local Seattle company called Find Me in Seattle, where I uh, tell stories, meet entrepreneurs, and local business owners around the city of Seattle. Every week, I'm joined with my co-host, Nick Hughes, who runs a company called Founders Live. Nick is currently traveling around the country, meeting entrepreneurs, telling the stories of founders and the companies that they've started. This week's focus is 100% on influencers. Nick recently discovered mukbang, which is uh, a viral sensation of people just slurping noodles and eating food, and others are obsessed with watching it. So we're just talking about the influencer obsession and how it's become so important and how everyone wants to be there in their life now. It's really the new American dream is to be an influencer. So I hope you enjoy our conversation about all the different changes here in the influencer community. I appreciate you for watching. Thank you very much and enjoy the show. Nick, good morning. Welcome to the 50th episode of the Catching Up Podcast. How are you doing this morning? Doing well, man. How are you? Uh, I am fantastic. I can hear the birds chirping. Uh, that must mean you're outside enjoying the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in Minneapolis, and uh, I didn't realize they were that loud, but uh, it's yeah, it's nice. It's beautiful. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be almost probably 80 degrees today. Um, look like a little bit of thunderstorms later this afternoon. Uh, I have a happy hour on the rooftop of a building, so hopefully that doesn't impede too much. But uh, dude, it's been pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I got. I've been in Minneapolis uh, about four, uh, yeah, four days now. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. So uh, how was the the conclusion of being in Montana and and the trip over? Did you fly there or did you drive? I did. I flew. uh, Done with driving at this point. We'll see. We'll see where that goes in the next couple of months. But um, yeah, flew here. And actually, um, Monday was like a travel day. And from Bozeman, had to fly back to Seattle. And I was at SeaTac for like, five hours and just kind of worked and ate and hung out and then um and then flew here got here monday night and um just been kind of get getting getting used to the city and uh that's been the cool part is like i was like you know you know when you discover like the bus because by the way uber starts to become pretty expensive and so yes. it's like okay like what's the i really wanted to get the public transportation down uh quicker than i usually do so i was like on the bus and i was like sitting there i was like dude this is so cool like i'm just seeing a city like there's all these cities in the world that you have no idea that or what they're like and all that and so just the experience being in a new city again and to check out the layout the people like all that stuff it's been pretty cool public transportation is such an underrated way to explore a new city Right. It, totally. it doesn't get it doesn't get talked about enough. Like not only are you surrounded by locals pretty much the entire time, uh, which really gives you an insight to the culture and what people are into. But it's just a slower route where, where you get to sit and you get to look out the window um, and kind of like see a path that isn't necessarily always going to be the fastest way. But it does provide an opportunity to like uh, embrace the city, feel it and like be part of the culture um, in, in a public route. Yeah, it is. It is. And especially if you're in a totally new city, um, it's it's a really great way to uh, see things and integrate. Um, it can be a little uncomfortable and definitely, I mean, you take for granted if you ride, especially like dude, one bus away in Seattle. And if you ride, you know, in your city, just the normal 
route every day, you're used to it. But like when you get a new city, you're like, okay, like what's the situation here? And like, you know, you know, what's been really great is actually Google maps now has transit information. So you just pull up Google maps and type in where you want to go. And you're basically going to see, Oh, it's like, it's coming in five minutes, you know? And so that's, that's really cool. Um, but it is uncomfortable. You got to get used to it. Yeah. And so here at the 50th episode, uh, we've kind of talked to each other a little bit this week and we've been putting off a topic for the last couple of weeks. Uh, so this entire show is going to be focused on us talking about influencers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you and I have very different opinions and expectations and experiences with this. Uh, but to start, like Nick, I I consider you an influencer because I remember when I first moved to Seattle and kind of as not when I first moved to Seattle, when I first started networking with the startup scene in Seattle and, you know, the six year sense that I've known you, it it always, you know, it, it's actually never a surprise anymore, but I'm always impressed with how many people know your name and know who you are um, and that you've networked with. And so I know from all of the the one-on-one work that you've done, you actually have this social influence. Uh, you're, you're not an influencer in the sense that we're necessarily going to talk about, but I know that you just have such a strong, deep network of people that you actually have uh, a subtle amount of influence. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, my big thing is based off mostly on Instagram. I'm trying to build out uh, on Facebook and everywhere else. But I want to start with the article that we've been a little bit behind on. Uh, that many of you listening might have heard about. It came out a couple weeks, uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was about this Instagram influencer who goes by Ari A R A R I I, and she has millions of followers, over 2.6 million followers, and she this is on Instagram, and she came out with a clothing line. She partnered with a local company or a production company to create six lines, and. What she had to do is sell 36 t-shirts for each individual line, but she wasn't able to hit that number for all of the product categories. And so she kind of lost her deal and she emotionally posted on Instagram, like how disappointed she was in her followers that they didn't support her. And everyone got mad because they're like, you didn't promote this the right way. We didn't even know it was going to be a thing. Um, and a lot of articles came out in or after the fact kind of talking about how influencers are dead, right? And they can't actually sell things. And so Nick, like, what was your opinion of this article? And and give us a background about how you kind of feel about influencers. Yeah, yeah, my, look, my, my um, opinion of the article is like, I feel like this is uh, something that is prevalent now. We're starting to see it. And I think the next topic will also cover this, but I just feel like there's an inauthentic nature to it. And I think I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, okay, you say I'm an influencer and I appreciate that. And I think, you know, that, that just comes from being who you are and a very authentic person or a genuine, if you have a genuine nature to yourself of how you want to uh, put information out there, impact people, it can turn into influence. But if you reverse that equation, I think it becomes uh, quite a bit more fake and inauthentic and selling too. And so like, 
you know, I'm not surprised, honestly, that she struggled because, you know, did she do any market research with her her followers that they wanted this? Did she treat it like a business in the sense of like creating a plan and, you know, testing things out before, you know, my guess is no. So like in the end, you know, she basically, you know, the, the, the logic here is, oh, 2.5 million followers. Let's smash something down their throat and hopefully they buy it. And I'm, you know, I'm being a little uh, rude there, but in the end, like that's what happened. And people were like, no, I'm not buying this message. It's probably off message to her from her what she has historically posted and secondly you know it didn't work just like most businesses don't work actually um so i don't know that that's my thought uh there's a larger topic that i, I want to cover but you know what are your thoughts um my final statement is like i'm not surprised it was you know an experiment that, that failed yes uh i i agree and just because you have a lot of followers doesn't necessarily mean that those followers are going to be customers. And I think that's going to, uh, a, there's going to have to be companies that really dive into the information. And I think Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all of these apps are going to have to figure out a way to siphon out like who are legitimate influencers who have real followings and engaged followings and who don't. Um, and that insights page is going to build on that a little bit more. Yeah. Because I, I know, local followers who probably have less than 10,000 followers who could sell more t-shirts than this girl. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's really about knowing your audience, promoting it the right way. There's a lot of other factors than just having this number of followers who like your stuff because uh, whether you're pretty or you're fashionable or your food looks good, uh, that is still just a small equation to actually turning this into an actual business. Well, and I, I would add, if anyone's listening and thinking about like, oh, geez, you know, like our brand, we should pay an influencer to spread our message. I think you just want to be aware of attaching your brand to a one person and what, you know, okay, what are they saying outside of promoting your brand? Like, what do they stand for? And then also like, you know, if you're going to find someone, find someone very organic to your brand, like they're already using it or they're already Customer, uh, and and just make sure it's very. So I don't know enough scenario, but you know, it just. I think it's a really strange area of this world that it it's kind of frustrating to me, in my opinion. Well, well, since it's strange, talk about the article that you shared with me this week. Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, how do how do you pronounce it? I what's it? Called? I think it's mukbang. Okay, mukbang, and so I found this. I actually got this email, um, I, a newsletter. It's actually, I think it's the hustle. So I don't know if you get that, but they, they send a daily email and it's uh, kind of, you know, humorous and also newsworthy, but dude, they wrote about, there's this, this girl in, I think, I'm not sure where she lives, maybe China, somewhere in Asia. And, um, basically started creating these videos that, um, if you want to, if, if it's called mukbang that are like, she's eating and, and the noise and like the, uh, all the things about it. She's just like vlogging on YouTube. If I'm correct, you can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this stuff, but basically people are watching and listening to this thing. And to the point where she's apparently earned more than a million dollars off just filming herself sitting there eating and has millions of followers 
and now is earning millions of dollars and she's quit her job and she's like doing this full time. And, uh, just like, it just strikes me as like, are you fucking kidding me? Like we, like there's people in this world, myself included, yourself included that are building important, valuable companies that like are impacting people in in various ways. And then you see this like young girl earn millions of dollars on YouTube for just recording what she's eating. Like, what's up with that? I don't know. <laughs> sorry, sorry about all the noise. So I'm just going to continue to move around. But uh, dude, I, I just, I, and I'm not trying to, comp- look, I'm, I'm going to do well in my life and Founders Live is a great company and I'm, I'm happy for it. But it just strikes me as odd when, People are earning millions of dollars doing this weird shit online. It's weird. You have to agree that it's weird and people are listening. But I know you have a different theory on this, so let's hear it. Well, yes, I do agree that it's really weird. Uh, the, the fact, I mean, I think this one is just weird in general. And, and I've heard about this for a couple of years now, about how people kind of uh, fetishize watching people uh, specifically eat noodles and like the slurping and just watching people eat, which uh, I feel like in previous decades, people like chewing with their mouth open and has actually been uh, like a pet peeve of a lot of people. But I also know in Asia, slurping the noodles and kind of being uh, boisterous about eating is actually more of a respectful sign that it's like tasty and it's really good. So culturally uh, in Asia, I think this whole thing is very different than how a lot of people see it in America. And, and I, I just personally think it's awesome that someone was able to make a million dollars because of the capabilities of the internet. And, you know, they figured out a unique thing to do that people were going to watch and be interested in. And because of the ad revenue that you generate through YouTube, like she gets to make all this money where her and her husband are now quitting their jobs to pursue this full time. Because if you get a million videos, a million views a day, you know, you're, you're making thousands of dollars a day, uh, which adds up really quickly over the course of a year. Um, and so I, I just go on the optimistic side of these things. And I think it's so cool that YouTube specifically and just the internet have provided these really unique opportunities that when people find really niche topics that there's surprisingly a lot of people want to contribute to that they can actually go and make money for. Yeah. Um, and so I just like have an appreciation for the opportunity and the fact that they're the ones who went and did it. Uh, I, I think that's just really cool. And uh, yeah, I, I can't shame someone for their hustle because they figured it out. I mean, she's got 1.8 million subscribers. That's clearly like a huge thing. You and I would just like, we do a lot of things to get 1.8 million subscribers. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I, I just take the optimistic point of view. And I just think it's really cool that someone can figure this out and uh, kind of become a little celebrity from just eating noodles every day. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. Uh, but I'm also, I, I agree that the, from the entrepreneurial side and the creative side or whatever you want to call it, um, it's, you know, more, more power to someone in the world. But it just speaks a little bit to, um, I mean, the only, 100% only reason that she's earned a million dollars is the way that YouTube works. And, yes. And, and that's like, uh, 
there's there's some arguments on both sides of that as well. But basically, if you can just get viewers, no matter how you do it, you'll earn this money. And like, you know, there's friends that we share. I think that if he was sitting right here, he would be going off right now because like, you know, it just is so crazy that, you know, you, you know, certain you know, certain directions of building a company and a business, you know, it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a long time and the money doesn't fly in as quick as um, this, this concept. And like, I think it's just, there's part of me that's like jealous, like people can actually do that. There's a part of me that's like totally like you where you're like, hell yeah, that's like, that's cool. You know, you, you, you learn the rules of YouTube and you're basically utilizing them to make money. But, um, and then the, the last part about it is just freaking strange. You know, I've read about, um, I, what is it called? The, the noise, um, the sound, uh, it's like people, there's a fetish that people love that, like the sound of, um, there's videos on YouTube that people are just like creating these like crazy little sounds. And then, yeah. Autonomous and, sensory meridian response. Yeah, a ASMR. MR, yeah. And um, I don't get it. I don't get turned on by it, but a lot of people do apparently. So um, you know, it's, it is what it is. But uh, it's just a strange world out there sometimes, man. <laughs> yeah, it re- it really is. And 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 what we don't know is the backstory. Like maybe this girl or this woman has been creating videos for a decade. Right. And and she's been doing this for a long time and she finally popped. You know, we can't necessarily assume that she put one video of her eating noodles and it changed her whole life. Uh, And and so that's kind of the backstory. And that's that's what I think gets lost a lot of times with uh, with these influencers about how much work was actually put in before they got like uh, occasionally there's going to be people who pop really quickly and and it's all different it's just like starting a business uh, but i also saw uh i'm i'm into this one I, I heard this guy on spotify named uh dan it's like tevelski or something like that and he had a really catchy song and so i started googling him and i started seeing that he has all of these cover songs on youtube from 10 years ago that all have over a million views right and and so in like 2007 to 2010 he was kind of like a youtube sensation um kind of following the justin bieber craze and and then what happened is he signed a record deal and he wasn't allowed to put content out on spotify or i'm sorry on youtube anymore and so he kind of just like disappeared for a decade (laughs) um and now he's like finally got a big song that's trending on spotify so he's kind of coming back so, like, even though, I mean, they have their moment, right, and they quit their jobs right now, but you can make a certain decision, and that can kind of, like, go away. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, this kid, yeah, he, he kind of had it. And just imagine, like, if he would have just kept doing YouTube and not signed a record deal, who knows what could have happened, mm-hmm. uh, right, when you think about 10 years of content that's going out. And what's interesting about YouTube is, yeah, your content from 10 years ago, as you get more popular, more people go back and watch those old episodes and you make more money on top of it. So these things like have crazy scale that once you get to that later round where you have millions of people watching you every day, people are going back and racking up views on your old videos. And so the, the, the amount of money just compounds really quickly. That's Um, crazy. 
yeah, I just think it's like a really cool opportunity. I mean, I'm I'm really obsessed with YouTube right now. Um, I've launched YouTube channels for a bunch of my clients. I launched YouTube for myself recently. Uh, and I just think it is modern television. And I, I'm just very curious to see where that goes. I, I think that there's opportunity for some new platforms to also come with. Um, but I just think that since YouTube has Google, it uh, – it they just that's such a strong one-two punch for them yeah yeah it's it, to the point where their my government's looking at that and that's what the whole nother story but um <laughs> yes and so nick like who are who are people that you consider influencers that you kind of look up to or you reap every week or that you really you know value their opinion who are the influencers in your life and man that's that's a good question. I mean, to be really honest, like I'm not, I would say there's no one person that I'm like following on YouTube and watch all their, their videos. Like, you know, um, I think, it, dude, I, I, I can't straight answer that question. I think what I do is um, less personal people that are influencers. And I think this is where I break away from like this whole industry like I'm more of a um, I read, you know, certain um, certain publications. I receive certain email newsletters that give me information on our industry. Um, I've actually moved away from. So, like, I think two years ago, I, you know, Fred Wilson, he's a VC in New York. Uh, Mark Suster, who's a VC, in, uh, a venture capitalist investor who's in um, California. Um, you know, I would have named like Jack Dorsey and dude, I've told like, I don't know, the more, the further I grow and the more I get, like the more I realize like that's, I don't think we need to, um, so much like it's nice content and information that the VCs are putting out there, but I think it's actually hurt the industry a bit. Um, I, and I'm going to take a side, I'm definitely, uh, put getting on the soapbox here, but, um, <laughs> it, and I don't know how much time we have, but, uh, long story short, um, actually, um, a founder, uh, from Seattle was actually in town here. I had a, a happy hour with him last night and we had a really good conversation and we got on the topic cause he actually went through 500 startups and he was down in oh, Silicon wow, Valley okay. for, uh, for this was like a year or two ago and he was down in Silicon Valley for about three to six months. And we just talked about like the influence of like the whole, like, you know, raising money, like you have to, and then when you when you raise money as a startup and specifically a you know a series a or at least you know from vcs you're signing up for some serious shit yeah and and you don't really know that he's like dude so many people just are it's all about raising money and they don't realize the decisions they just made and and i think the the influence of that is because of all these um you know ben horowitz um uh mark andreessen mark suster fred wilson all these vcs that are like now followed and they blog all the time and their word is like it yes their their word is not it you know and so i think like i moved away from idolizing um i've really moved away from idolizing because i think it can be very detrimental and i get my information and influence uh from a variety of different sources so i can make my own decisions and and i'm just like careful of that i don't know so that's a long answer to say like dude i there's just like not really much of anyone that I'm like, oh, they're like, there's the top influencers that I'm following right now. I just have my own. I, I dude, I march by my own drum, and so yeah. No, I, I, well, I, 
I think that's a good thing to do as well. I, you have to have some balance between what other people are doing because there's a lot of following going on right now. And yeah. I think that's, that's a really big issue is like, because one person is doing something right or however they're doing it, then a lot of copycat syndrome is happening. And I think it's important to, to yeah, be, go by the beat of your own drum and follow your own path because that in the long run is what's going to work out best you, for you. You know, right? you got to so stay true crazy. to yourself. What's so crazy. And I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I said it earlier. I listened to an interview. Actually, uh, I was going to send it to you. Yeah. He asked him the same question. He's like, who do you follow, man? And, dude, Casey's like, I don't watch YouTube. <laughs> and he, Jason's like, what? And he's like, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't influencers, and I'm not watching all these vlogs and shit. And I was just like, damn right, you know? And, like, I think, weirdly enough, it's like, look, he doesn't have time for it, and it's not his thing, but he knows his craft. And he's yes. got, you know, trim- hundreds of, or millions of, followers but he's not sitting there all day watching other people because he marches by his own drum and so i was like damn straight you know so i don't know like i just remembered that but it's a you should uh it's a, it's a great interview you should i was i should have sent it to you i listened to it about a month ago or so i just got back into this week in startups i kind of like had been falling out of listening to that show i just kind of wasn't I've just been burnt out of the whole startup ecosystem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though I, I really like what Jason says, he's kind of like a little bit more honest about the industry mm-hmm. and what's going on. Um, and he kind of accepts his position and where he's got and the success that he's had, but he also can like take the perspective of a founder who doesn't have very much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I feel like he, he still owns, uh, let's call it his privilege. And I, and I just really like that about him. And so I'll check this out with Casey Neistat. Because, uh, yeah, if, if I had to pick an influencer, Casey Neistat's probably the person that I look up to the most. I just uh, yeah. have a lot of admiration for his his story, right? He was homeless, and he had a child when he was a teenager, and yeah. he totally flipped his whole story around, and now he can kind of do whatever he wants, and he, he was the spokesperson for YouTube. Yeah. And, and so... Yeah, he's just an awesome dude, and I'm so impressed by what he's done. I actually every day he because he hasn't been posting as much. I know he moved to California, and uh, yeah, every day I'm like, I wish there was more content because I just uh, I just like his content a lot. <laughs> I saw it. he did he drive across the country. I'm not sure how. I can't imagine that he drove. Um, but yeah, he's still gonna have a studio in New York City. But his family or his wife's family are more accessible in California. And he just talks about the difficulty with having kids in New York City. And he just thought L.A. was going to be a better uh, place for him to raise his family. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I, I get that a lot. And so, yeah, I'm very curious. I think that's uh, he's probably in the process of moving. He also has a podcast with his wife uh, called Couples Therapy. <laughs> with Casey and Candace and they, they it's the same thing uh so I only listen to the show with my fiance Amanda and it's kind of like our own couples therapy like as they talk we can we relate and we have discussion about all the things they're talking about and 
Yeah, both awesome. of us are like, yeah, both of us are like, we want more content, and yeah, they're busy people. They both got their own companies. Well, that's cool. cool well, right. you got any parting words for the audience as we wrap the show up here? Hey, just have a good good weekend and uh, get outside and enjoy the weather. Hopefully, it's good where you're at. Who uh, who are you picking for the U.S. Open this weekend? Oh, um, is it Ricky's time? Yeah, uh, he's know. looking good. He's looking good. You know, but look, I I don't know if I want to say it, but Brooks is just on fire. So uh, it would be unprecedented to win three cha- U.S. Cha- or, uh, championships in a row. So let's uh let's go with Brooks. Yo, no, that is an aggressive pick. Uh, but I like it. I'm excited to watch. Also Sunday, we got the women's World Cup game two. Uh, that should be the real World Cup, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then the men's one should be the men's World Cup. Uh, <laughs> but shout out to uh, the USA women for representing our country and making us look good at soccer. I uh, appreciate that. Well, Nick, have a great weekend in Minnesota. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right. Peace.